Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. With your hosts, Swagzilla Zero G. We can't all be winners. And Mike, the feverish Fidero. It's never in a vacuum! Nothing is in a vacuum! The Rookie Fever Podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it, baby. Welcome back to Rookie Fever, episode 283. And I'm here, as always, with the feverish Fidero. Feverish, how the hell are you? This is part of the show. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. We got football starting in less than 24 hours. Can't be better. That's so crazy. I was starting to set some of my lineups today, and wow. It's too early. Too early in the season. We have an awesome guest for this week. We are trying our hardest to dedicate a guest to each week throughout the entire season. One, because we need a guest to keep us on point point throughout our predictions which you're going to get our first round of predictions tonight i'm guessing you've seen it in the show title but we've got mike bauer the voice of dynasty rewind at rewind ceo on twitterverse mike i'm going to give you plenty of time to talk about yourself plug yourself whatever you want to do an amazing follow by the way but man we got to get to this uh anti-group chat advocate Well, what's that all about? It's, you know, you, you, okay. It's like, so. like, we were cool talking, then I added Finero in, and you're like, I'm out of here. So, first of all, hi, everybody. I am Michael Bauer, host of the Dinosaur Rewind. Come check us out. Or not, that's fine, too. Um, no, you have to. Absolutely check them out. Absolutely. I people what to do. But, so, my whole thing with group chats is this. A lot of the guys in, a lot of the guys in the Twitterverse and fantasy football, I feel... Like, they don't have blue-collar jobs like I do. So I'm an auto mechanic. I can't... I don't have a computer. There is a computer at my job. I do not have my own dedicated computer. So I can't have Twitter DMs up. I can't have a group me. I can't have a Slack chat, this or that. So by the time I get to respond to everything, I am so far behind that I just miss everything. And then people say, you're not being engaged enough. Well, I'm sorry if I have to help to decide between your starter sit... Or making sure Mr. Anderson's tires don't fall off while he's driving his children to school. Trying to make sure that his tires don't fall off. You know, that being said, I like to promote individualism. Uh, I'm not a big groupthink advocate. So I like to make sure everybody thinks for themselves. And that's one of the things that I uh, try to preach to our followers is try to break up the Twitter narratives. Because you, know, you, you see things that online, people run with it. So, and that just kind of breeds in group chats. Plus, I hate all the notifications. That too. Um, I hate my phone going off constantly. I'm a big phone on silent guy, um, never on ring. So, if there's ever an emergency and you know me and my family, call my wife. Gotcha. Because <laughs> I love here. that. I I'm love that. The phone. I'm sorry. I just won't. And I love that you touched on the the thought or the lack thereof of the idea of group thought and just the negative effect that it could have and just kind of like the idea to me is create value don't let value create you and and put that on the table for people and don't be afraid to wear what you're doing with your teams on your sleeve or the backlash that may come with it so to speak so let me ask you this before we get into the show this is important to me and this is important to our listeners because you're here because we believe in you and that you can help them with their dynasty teams their devi teams would you prefer they DM you to ask for advice? Um, you can. 
Again, I'm not even if they have to because you're worth the wait. You're worth the wait because I've heard some people say that not to interrupt you, but just kind of like if you want to get at me, just DM me. They don't want to be even on like the Twitter thread, like with 50 people tagging them, like just DM me. I'll tell you what I would do as quick as I could. Yeah, you could do that. Um, If you want me to guest on your show, DM me gladly and I will try my best to make time for you. Um if you tag me with 50 or 60 other analysts, I will like the tweet and then I will mute the conversation. Um, but I will like the tweet to be played. Honestly, the best way to get a hold of me, not to promote it, but if you are a patron of the Dinosaur Rewind, we have a Discord chat, which I'm more active on that, begrudgingly, because I hate group chats. But that, you know, direct access there. Um, I don't want to say 24 hours a day because I do sleep. But um, yeah, I mean, if you DM me, I will try my best to get back to you as soon as possible. Also, do not DM the show accounts because I do not check DMs on there. I'm being completely transparent. So if you DM the Dinosaur Rewind on Twitter or Instagram, I probably won't see it because I don't check it, admittedly. Well, we truly appreciate your time. I'm happy you checked your DMs. I'm happy you're here. I'm already having a good time. Me too. We've got projections versus expectations. And then we've got week one predictions, like we already mentioned. We take these projections from ESPN. We've done this every season. It ends up being a, a fun show. And we kind of have to like challenge ESPN's thought. Maybe, maybe. Do you think that they put the group together when they come up with some of these projections? Like, is this the. Do they have a panel and they sit down and come up with what the projections will be for these players? Question. These are season long projections, right? Just yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Some of these are just. Hmm. What jumped off at you? Because I highlighted a few here that we'll get into for the show, but did anything jump off the page for you guys? Two from. Yeah, there, there's actually the first one and then the third one. So Drake London? Yeah. No. Wide receiver, 36, 118 targets. He's going to catch 74 of those for 928 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, especially when he's he might not even play week one with a knee injury. <laughs> something to be said. You know, I do want to say something too. If you, if you guys noticed, there was a lot of people that were really high on Drake London. Then when he went as the first wide receiver off the board, people just kind of really went down on him. Same thing happened with Kadarius Tony last year. Watching his film from Florida, seeing the moves that he made, everyone's like, "Dude, I love Kadarius Tony." He was drafted in the first round. Everyone's like, "No, I'm out." Like, well, I don't understand why good draft capital would make you hate somebody. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I still, it, I feel like that might be a little bit low. And everyone's bashing Marcus Mariota right now. The Marcus Mariota that you're getting in Atlanta is not the Marcus Mariota that you were getting from Tennessee. When he played filling in for Derek Carr the last couple of years, he looked really good. So I think he's going to be serviceable, to be honest with you. And just everyone likes to hate on Kirk Cousins too, but Kirk Cousins supports Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Why can't Marcus Mariota support Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So I, I agree with you. I like where you're going with this, but when you, I'm going to be honest, when you first started talking about Drake London, when you said he's going to miss week one, it made me feel like you felt like this was a lofty projection, but I feel like this is achievable and maybe even a little bit low. I think it's a little low, but I'm obviously I'm concerned with the knee injury, rookies, knee injury. But I, we do have to remember, I keep having to remember that there's 17 games now. And I don't know, that extra game, man, you know what I mean? It does yeah. a lot. So um, can I read the projection? Is that okay? Or did you want yeah. to read? 
Okay. So he's projected to get 74 receptions on 118 targets, 928 yards, and four touchdowns. I feel like he could probably honestly land like around 1,100 yards. And there's a possibility that Kyle Pitts doesn't have as good of a season as we think he's going to. I think he's going to be the primary focus of every single team's defensive backfield because you have to. It's going to leave Drake London a lot open a lot too. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot how to talk all of a sudden there. So. I think he could hit 1,100 yards. It's not out of the road. Look, if Devonta Smith got almost 1,000 yards last year, who's to say Drake London can't get over 1,000 yards this year as the number one wide receiver? That yeah. was going to be my point exactly. Damn Devonta, it. Sorry, Fenero. I didn't no, even take it from you, man. No, Devonta Smith, I'll give you the stat line, um, 64, 104 targets as opposed to the 118 projected for Drake London, 64 catches as opposed to the 74 projected for Drake London, 916 yards and five touchdowns. And when you look at Devonta Smith's season last year, which you know, I'm surprised how many people are kind of down on it. It was a very good season. It was um, AJ Brown. Yeah, you could definitely you could definitely see Drake London doing a very similar thing. It doesn't feel like a reach to me at all. And in fact, the the 1100 yards feels a little more comfy um, for me than the the low 900s and only four touchdowns. I think he could also beat the touchdowns as well. I think so too. And I feel like the. Falcons are probably going to throw the ball more than the Eagles will. That's possible. I, I feel mm. comfortable in saying that the the there's fluidity in the Falcons' backfield with Tyler Algier, Damian Williams there, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. Um, yep. Cordero Patterson. I can never say that guy's name. By the way, I'm a Tyler Algier fan, and this is what I'm talking about with Groupthink. If you don't mind me just throwing it out there, I've been a Tyler Algier fan since I scouted Zach Wilson. And for whatever reason, people love to hate the guy, but you know he's got good NFL running back size. He catches the ball well. He runs well between the tackles. I understand he was a mid-round pick, but this is a team. It, it, here's the thing. I try to tell people, you can't like Michael Carter and hate Tyler Algier. Because they're kind of the same. I'm not saying they're the same prospect, but we're, when you're looking at scenario, mid-round draft pick going to a bad team, there are people still on the Michael Carter train, even with Brees Hall there. So I'm, I'm ready. I've thrown a lot of late-round picks out of Tyler Algier. I think he's going to have a good season. Good enough. I'm not going to say he's going to be like an RB1 on any given week, though it's always possible. Not have you be. made any successful trades for him as of recently? I haven't. Um, I drafted him in a lot of places where I wanted him, to be honest with you. I just feel like he was a guy that people were really hands-off on, or they didn't have an opinion, or they just hated him for some reason. So I drafted him. A lot of third, fourth-round picks that I got him in. I've been pretty happy about it, too, to be honest with you. We all know that those picks are dart throws. Some, like the back half of the third round to the end of the draft, that's where I like to take some running backs. Like, look, Cleo Herbert. People are in on Cleo Herbert. Fifth-round draft pick. Why are you in on Cleo Herbert? With David Montgomery in front of him, but you're not in on Tyler Algier. Doesn't make any sense. With Damian friggin' Williams. And then people are like, well, well, Cleo Herbert, he's probably going to have some flex start appeal. Tyler Algier doesn't. <laughs> it's just, there, there's a lot of hypocrisy that you see out there. And I try to really just tell people, think it through. Think it through. You know what I mean? You guys get it. Rookie field. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even part of it here, too, on Rookie Fever is we like to mention is we like to like realize like the realm of expectations and how excited we can get versus, you know, the fact that all these players aren't going to be successful. Of course. For fantasy, they might even have successful roles within the NFL, but for fantasy... We're just you all not going to be right. You get mad when you say that, by the way. When they you get mad? 
Porkman gets really mad when I say oh. I think he's going to be good for the NFL and not fantasy, but it's true. There's guys that happens all the time. I say that all. The time. But they're solid contributors to an NFL team, and I try to tell people all the time too. You can't project what you want a team to do based on your fantasy team. The NFL doesn't care about your fantasy team. Okay, they live, eat, sleep breathe this game yep. you have to mold your team based on what the current situation in the nfl is you just yeah. have to even uh you take and i think we brought him up a week or two ago so i hate to be a broken record like with the same example but you, even somebody like Taven austin who was a high draft capital to the rams pick i think they took him like seventh overall but he's still floating around the nfl like he has a role on special teams he's still made a career was he worth that pick that they spent no not at all but the dude's made a career in the nfl and he has a strong role like People like him, you know, so is he fantasy relevant? Nope. Will he be? Nope. But he's still in the NFL. Can I give you two prime examples of that right there? Uh, absolutely. Tutu Atwell and Mecole Hardman. Yeah. Are these guys that you really want on your fantasy roster? Nope. No. I was going to say, and everyone went crazy <laughs> when Mecole Hardman was drafted in the second round, I believe it was. Yep. It was to be the Tyreek Hill replacement. I was hands off. And Tutu Atwell, man, I didn't really care for what I saw in the film from Louisville. To be honest with you, he's so tiny. So, again, you know, I understand. But then you do have to always consider draft capital. Like, I'm in on Velas Jones a little bit. But Velas Jones has better size. I think his skill set's going to be work very well for what the Bears want to do there. So, but I'd rather take a shot on Velas Jones. And somebody offered me Tutu Atwell in a trade once. And I, just, I didn't even counter. I just rejected it. And I went and pouted. <laughs> Tutu Atwell on my team, man. Apparently the that Rams don't either. Yeah, I, I hear you, though. Fenero, I'm curious. You said a couple people jumped up off this page for you as well. Was one of them Drake London? No, the two the two that um I'll I'll bet the over um on are Kyle Phillips and David Bell. I thought those projections were just very mm. very very low. Uh, just to read them out loud, Kyle Phillips 27 receptions for 332 yards and two touchdowns. David Bell. 29 receptions for 333 yards and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. If I had a shekel or a dollar and it was my last dollar, I would I would rather bet that either of them could double that than yeah. go than go under it. I'd feel. Now I'm not saying they both will. I'm not saying, but it's I like, think there's. That's I think like, the probability of that's a little better than them being under 300 yards. It's worse than Rondale Moore. <laughs> forget what Rondell finished with but I think he was like 450 500 really? yards yeah. I could I mean, be wrong like he might have approached 600 I mean 332 is definitely going to be like a part-time player I feel like Kyle Phillips is a starter David Bell had, had missed a decent amount of training camp I think it was two or three weeks with the foot injury but as soon as he was healthy he started to flash in preseason games and and I think he he's going to earn a starter's role over there as well and then we have to deal with the quarterback issue over there and Kyle Phillips has to deal with target volume issues but still well, 332 yards is a low bar. Fenero, I mean, I, I'm guessing you looked on the show sheet, and the first question I had was, who prevails? Wide receiver 55, Traylon Burks, or wide receiver 104, Kyle Phillips? And Traylon Burks was at 53 receptions, 89 targets, 740 yards, 5 touchdowns. And then Phillips, as you just mentioned, the 27 receptions on 43 targets and 332 yards, 2 touchdowns. And for everything we 
we've been hearing in camp, this this sounds backwards. This sounds like they just took the draft capital and whatever they knew on draft day and a trade for A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks and threw some numbers into a machine. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, we're starting to hear reports that, you know, maybe the Titans are a little higher on Burks than, you know, they were alluding to. I think that feels more... That, that feels like makeup time to me. Um, there were a lot of negative reports. I think I read two-thirds of them swags on the show two weeks ago, and you had to cut me off. You're like, yes, yes, the news on Traylon Burks has been bad all offseason. Um, with that being said, I'll bite. Um, I think I think the answer to the question on who prevails is Robert Woods, but I know that's not one of the, the questions on, on – <laughs> wasn't, wasn't part of the mobile choice. I think he's here. the wide receiver one on the team. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. But um, I, I still think there's room for Burks. I, I'm going to take Burks over over Kyle Phillips. And for your dynasty team or for these projections? For these projections. Gotcha. I'll say Burks finish over Kyle Phillips. I agree with Bauer, that. Bauer, you, you feel the same way? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, Kyle Phillips will. I think Kyle Phillips will have more targets and more receptions. Really? Hmm. Yep. I, I personally, I'm on the Burks side. Um I think he's going to get more opportunities because first-round draft capital, these front offices, they don't want to show that they're wrong until they absolutely have to. Like the, the Eagles finally parted ways with Jalen Rager a little bit ago. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but they're going to keep shoving him out there. So You know what I think could happen, Swags, though? And I've been saying it for more than a minute about Burks is a very slow start for him. So I could see I could see something where, where maybe Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks look a little more equal and given their draft capital, that won't feel equal at all. And then I feel like as Traylon Burks kind of gets a little more acquainted with the NFL, I think he starts to pull away from that pretty easy by mid We hope, right? That's the hope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I don't know. I'm having a tough time with this one, man. I, I wonder if it's just uh, Traylon Burks is the way it's supposed to be and Kyle Phillips is the way it's going to be with Robert Woods, as you mentioned, and then Kyle Phillips in that slot role from Tannehill, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Once Kyle Phillips is on the field, Tannehill's the one throwing the ball. He's going to give it to who he trusts and who he's worked with a little bit more. Um, yeah, maybe to start the season. Fenero, didn't we board bet something a few weeks ago? We I wish I wrote that down. <laughs> we did, but I do not recall. I want to give me goats, goats and bros scoring, and I want to take Kyle Phillips over Traylon Burks for the end of the season. We'll, we'll monitor this. Yeah, that, that's something we're going to do from week to week anyway. So, yeah. Just one quick thing. I do remember Adam Humphreys playing with the Titans. You know, he was a really good slot receiver. Um, in his two seasons with the Titans, which do coincide with the start of Ryan Tannehill's tenure there, he combined for like 600 yards and four touchdowns, two years. And that was him playing 19 games. So if you chop a little bit of that off, extrapolate it over a 17-game season instead of 19, I think realistically the answer here for Kyle Phillips is neither. I feel like it's a little, little bit around like 550 yards, maybe three touchdowns. That feels low, but I just I can't see him. But really, again, it's what kind of volume are we expecting out of the Titans' offense? Like right now, you know, you listen. I listen to some Eagles podcast, uh, yeah. Eagles fans. Apparently, according to what they're projecting, all the Eagles skill position players are going to do. Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 9,000 yards this year. <laughs> so with the way the Titans are built. 
they can only pass the ball so much. Derrick Henry's there. So yeah, dude, I, I like that you mentioned that because it's kind of one of those things. Even like, and I don't want to stretch this too far, but you could almost have the wide receiver three Tyler Boyd on the Bengals up against the wide receiver one Robert Woods on the Titans. Possible, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, it's it's about scheme, too. It's about the quarterback. Tannehill, I think he's slowing down a little bit here. Personally, I think his best days are behind him. Um, I think he'll be serviceable, but we're not going to see. Yeah, we might see another 4,000-yard season. He had a couple of those back with Miami. I think people forget how good Ryan Tannehill was in Miami, statistically. It's just weren't a very good team. I think back. you made me want out of both of them. <laughs> Um, and I and I've enjoyed some of the late round value I've gotten with Kyle Phillips, but I think you kind of made me want out of both of them. It's dynasty. I don't want any. I don't want out of either of these guys yet. You know what Let I mean? Let me ask you this, Bauer. Sure. Like, what do you want your to see out of a wide receiver, a healthy wide receiver, year one from a statistical standpoint, not fantasy, but like to feel like you're going to have a successful fantasy future with that wide receiver does that make sense no i understand the first thing we had to do is realize that not every wide receiver is jamar chase mm-hmm. so yep get that yep. Out of your mind. i think we also need to consider what were they being drafted as are they drafted as this team's alpha are they the wide receiver two until their alpha wide receiver moves on or retires or what so if it's an alpha wide receiver I'd love to see him push at least a thousand yards and touchdowns. You know, touchdowns are kind of fluky. We see that with Dawson Knox. So I really try not to hold touchdowns against it. I want to see a high catch rate. I want to see pushing a thousand yards. And if they're a complimentary wide receiver, um, I'd like to see like five, 600 yards. Again, good catch rate. So I look at stuff like I use player profile a lot. I look at juke rate, quarterback rating when targeted, stuff like that. Like, do they make the quarterback better? when the quarterback throws to them. So uh, I look at stuff like that, too, when I'm trying to analyze wide receivers. Like Canarius Tony, if you look at his juke rate, I know he's not a rookie anymore, uh, but with the ball in his hands, the guy's insane. He's a huge buy for me right now. So Man, you've mentioned Kadarius Tony a lot on this show today. So go buy Kadarius Tony, everybody. Get him cheap. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants him because he's on the Giants. If you're not I feel like kid, nobody wants them because I've told it, it's my fault. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna I'm fine with that. What's what's his name, Swags? Kadarius Phony here on Rookie Fever. It's been going so good between us. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, look, he's a Giants player, so I really don't care because I'm an Eagles fan. But you know, if he helps my team win, and I can get him cheap. I'll take a shot. Swags, did I tell you I moved uh, my second to last Kadarius Tony for Christian Kirk? Straight up, I, I you know I don't mind that, dude. I got I got um, <laughs> Bauer probably hates it. I don't hate it. I got Warren. I got Warren, the backup running back in Pittsburgh, on top. Oh, nice! Yeah, I love that. I, I love Jalen Warren, by the way. Yeah, I like that a lot. Is your team so, ending now? Yes. Great deal, then. I love it. Yeah, felt good about it. So, Fenero, you mentioned David Bell already. You ran through his his uh, stat line, 29 receptions, 46 targets, 333 yards, two touchdowns. And then the question I had that went with him is, is this disrespectful or realistic? Because I felt like it was a little low, to be quite honest with you both. So that's how I feel about it. I'm going to let let you start, Fenero. I feel like I haven't heard your voice as much this evening. And then throw it to Bauer. Yeah, Bell, Bell I mentioned when... The- you hate it. When I also this mentioned is your guy, so when I saw this, I had to. I mentioned Bell when I when I mentioned Kyle Phillips. They pretty much had the same exact projections, and uh, and they both felt low to me. 
as far as like using the word disrespectful, I don't think it's disrespectful to David Bell. I think he's in a, in a shitty situation. Um, I think it improves in his dynasty life for sure. But what he showed us in his in his in his preseason play is that he does know how to get open. I know that his stock dropped a ton because of his athleticism, his measurables at the combine. But I think he's going under the radar right now. Um, I was glad to pick him up in in a late rookie draft recently, pretty late. I also got Kyle Phillips at 412 um, in that same rookie draft. But uh, I think the kid just knows how to get open, and I think he's going to be, even for Brissett, I think he's going to be a reliable um, pass catcher. And I think it's just about, did he get enough time? Was the two or three weeks that he missed going to slow him down early? But 333 yards we've already established is a very low threshold. I think he beats that. Yeah. Bauer, you feel the same way? I do. I'm looking at the Browns depth chart here, and there's not really much that really stands out. I mean, to me, I think it's going to be Amari Cooper and David Bell pretty much from the get-go. Donovan Peoples-Jones is there, and he's nice. But then behind that, Anthony Schwartz, Michael Woods, Dimitri yeah, Felton. It's real thin. What about the tight end room? Yeah, David and Joke, who I feel like has never Harrison really Bryant. Played. Harrison Bryant, who we liked, but these guys have never really lived up to their expectations. And if you look at Deshaun Watson when he does come back, never really been a guy that's targeted the tight end very much. He's a wide receiver or bus guy. He doesn't really throw to the running backs a lot either. Um, Jesse James also still in the league. I didn't know that. So there he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think he's probably – I feel like like I could just see like a 650-yard season. Yep. More touchdowns than that, but – I really feel like the Browns are going to try to just play some smash mouth football, win as many close games as they can until Deshaun Watson gets back. And I think yeah. that's probably the right way to go. Let Nick Chubb, let, let Nick Chubb do his thing. Got a fantastic yep. back. Use him. Yeah, I agree with you. Which, with that said, I mean, that's even that's how they played with Baker. And I think we all agree Baker's at least better than Brissett. So, I mean, that's, that's probably what they're going to do is hopefully – Hunt shows up and he plays, and then through Chubb and then Amari Cooper. Sounds about right. I don't know. So I appreciated the Jesse James sighting. I didn't know he was there either. Me either. I, I saw that last week actually, and I felt the same as Bauer did. Just kind of like, oh wow, he's still he's still in the league. <laughs> oh, there he is. So what's the expectation for David Bell around six hundred yards? I feel like six hundred, six hundred fifty yards feels a little bit better to me. That's a good rookie season, especially like mm-hmm. when he, if he starts off with Brissett, like that's that's good. people are going to look back at that and say that's a pretty successful rookie season. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's Hunter Renfro esque. <laughs> um, so I said falling from the sky, and Fenero didn't like that. What I meant here, Bauer, was has Sky Moore falling fallen from the grace of the fantasy gods. Because he was he was just such a a fantasy favorite, like everybody's gem. And now Sky Moore's wide receiver fifty four in redraft, mind you, this isn't Dynasty, just for ESPN. Forty seven receptions, seventy three targets, five hundred and eighty four yards, and five touchdowns for Sky Moore. I feel like I feel like for me, I feel like this is probably pretty right on. He might have a little bit more than this, but I feel like it's a lot lower than I imagined him him being projected at. But I I, I kind of agree with this. I think he'll be probably wide receiver forty ish to right around this area. The yardage seems a little high to me. 
Um, the Chiefs are in, I don't want to say they're in a rebuild. They're in a bit of a retooling. I mean, they're, they're backfield. Everyone's an Isaiah Pacheco fan now, apparently, because <laughs> he's fast. We got CEH there. Ronald Jones was apparently a cut candidate. You got Juju Smith-Schuster came in. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I think is a fantastic buy and redraft of purposes this year. But really, this offense goes to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, and it's going to be that way until one of those guys retires, which I guess Kelsey would go first. So I don't know how many targets there's going to be to go around from Sky Moore, and everyone seems to think that the Kansas City Chiefs offense is just some massive juggernaut. But what, from what I know, watching Andy Reid offenses for almost a decade and a half in Philadelphia is um, they like to spread the ball out. So I feel like 47 receptions feels good because it could happen, but I think the yardage is a little bit high. I think it would probably be upper fours, low fives, and touchdowns are hard. Like I said before, those are fluky. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm feeling um, with Sky Moore. Fenero, what about you? I'm with you, Swags. I think it when I when I saw that it felt really right. Um, again, the, the just to echo what Mike said, the the touchdowns out of this because it's really hard to to figure that part out. I think Kansas City and is just going to spread the ball around. You're not going to really know who to start and when unless you have Kelsey. And you know maybe Juju. I have a little bit. I have a little bit of lean towards towards him being reliable from week to week. But then the other group of wide receivers or, or pass receiving players including the running backs it's going to be like a different guy and i think that's kind of the plan i don't even know if i would call it retooling i think i think what happened was you know there was such a consolidation of targets between kelsey and and hill T- defenses figured that out and you know, they bracket hill and they, and they you know kansas city wasn't able to move the same way that they had in the past and they, they they saw an offer they couldn't pass up for Tyreek Hill, and they decided to moneyball it. You know, let's just pick a bunch of guys that um, have a role, and we know we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he'll distribute. And that makes it really, really tough to rely on Sky Moore or, or any wide receiver that I'll say for now, other than Juju. Mm. And Justin Watson is still on the roster, too. We can't forget about him. They like him a lot. He's, they do. He's that, yeah, he's that guy, again, that just runs really good routes and gets open. So That's important, too. If a coaching oh, staff really likes somebody, yeah. you got to pay attention to that. I agree. Especially when you have a quarterback that doesn't need to just worry about his first read. Yep. True. Big question. Last wide receiver on my list. When does Jamison Williams need to return to achieve wide receiver 74 on the season, 32 receptions, 52 targets, 437 yards, three touchdowns? So supposedly we're looking at maybe a return around week five. But when does he need to return to achieve this small Confidently, if he returns by week seven versus the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't hate that. About midseason. That's less than 60 yards per game. Yeah. I mean, he could probably, to get 437 yards, he could probably come back in week 11 with the way the guy (laughs) kill it. Crush it. I did the math. He's That's like a 13.3 yards per reception average. Jameson Williams is fast. Yeah. Fast. I mean, I think he can get this easily. And I got news. Uh, Swags, what's what's your NFL team? I'm a Lions fan. You're a Lions fan. Lions are my dark horse playoff team this year, man. Ooh, I like that. Lions are not going to be pushovers. I think they are the second best team in the NFC North. Um, I think they're going to give the Eagles a run for our money in week one, to be perfectly honest with you. And I love the Jameson Williams pick. People hate Jared Goff for some reason. Um, yeah. 
Look at me. The Lions got some good wide receivers out there now. Amonara St. Brown, who everybody's in love with, apparently. Uh, they got Quintez Cephas. I'm a big Quintez Cephas fan. I'm thinking big things from TJ Hawkinson this year. So Jameson Williams, honestly, I think if he comes back in week 11, he can get 437 yards and three touchdowns. Like Those numbers are just asininely low. Yeah. So he comes back in week. What week did you say he was due back, Fenero? Uh, Swag said he thought he was due back week five. I said he. I said to be confident about him reaching this, I would like to see him back by week seven. I mean, personally, I think he's more talented than any wide receiver we've talked about today. Oh, I agree. I think he he could probably push almost seven eight hundred yards. He's that good, and he's he's going to be able to take the top off defenses too. So, yep. On your redraft teams, if he is for some reason available, stash him on your IR. Use that IR spot on Jameson Williams. Absolutely, this season. Do it. The 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 Lions also have a really generous late schedule in the season. The last like five of six games. Um, if if Williams returns, even if it is later, like week eight or nine, he's running into like some some pretty decent uh, defensive matchups. So that's another thing that could help him obtain this fairly. Yeah, I love it. I I, I looked at this one too, and even with the injury, I was like, wow, that's really low. Like really low. <laughs> Super quick, go over to campuscanton.com, put in code fever, save yourself some money, get in on their work, all their projections, their stats. We've said it all before. Code fever, campuscanton.com. Do it. Do it. I love that website, by the way. Read a lot of the articles on there. So, Oh, my God. It helps so much. Um, Swags and I started a listener league, but I'm in another C2C, and it really helped me like set my lineups by giving me like the, the week one rankings. That was something I was really hoping was going to be there. I was just nice. trying to start a lineup, and I'm like, oh, this is so helpful. Thank you. So yeah. I may just plug our show real quick. We just did a, a rules to dominate your season, your dynasty season. One of the things that I said was um, listen to Debbie podcast, listen to C2C podcast. That's how you get ahead and stay ahead your competition because you'll see a lot of casual fans. They don't start paying attention until like two weeks before your rookie draft. This way, you know, guys, they're in your brain. You know how to you know process values and trade values better. So, and look, if you could save money while doing it using that code, then by all means, you really should. Yeah. Go to campusacanton.com. Go to Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you subscribe to their show on YouTube. Come on. And over. they help you keep you straight so you don't need to worry about the curve. It's what he's trying to tell you. Now, the next guy on the list, very similar to Jameson Williams, but I kind of feel like Kenneth Walker's ADP is too good to be true right now. At RB41, 157 carries, 687 yards, four touchdowns, 21 receptions, 150 yards on those receptions. So we're getting about 850-ish all-purpose yards. And this that puts just with these projections, it puts us around that like Daryl Henderson, Michael Carter area with of running back 27, running back 28. They were the closest comparables I dug up with the the yards on the ground and through the air. I think uh, Carter only had four touchdowns and I think Henderson had eight. So it's not right on, but right in that area. So that's just with the stats that ESPN has given Walker. It puts him around running back 27, we'll say. 
And I think these, I think this projection is crap, to be honest with you. I think Walker will be back sooner than that. Pete Carroll said he doesn't know if he's playing week one. I don't think he is. That doesn't matter to me. What I hear from Pete Carroll is he wants him to play sooner than later, or he would just say he's not playing week one. Am I crazy to want to just get so attached to Kenneth Walker at this ADP? I think, I think honestly, man, I think with redraft, the injuries with James Williams and now Kenneth Walker, and, and I'll, I'll call it just undisclosed, right? Like, we don't know when he's returning. It would be different if somebody said, okay, he's out week one, but he's definitely in week two. That ADP would go up. Obviously, it's too late. Season starting tomorrow. But, you know, in my home league, I got Kenneth Walker at the top of the ninth round. And I was like, you know. Just like when was that draft, Panero? Was that, that was like, this that weekend? That was past Thursday. Okay. So I was just like rubbing my hands like, oh, yeah. Um, but I hope not, to answer your question. I certainly hope not that that ADP is too good to be true. That's a, that's a, that's a nice ADP. We just... We just don't want to find out or wake up one day that he's he is gonna miss more than we think he's going to. Um, I just I just would like some clarity. I don't feel like I've gotten any. I've looked all over for it. I mean, Rashad Penny got like almost 600 yards, maybe more, in his last like two games of the season. Not literally, but his last like five or six games of the season. I think that a healthy Kenneth Walker can rival that. Like you said, even with with Jameson. If he plays the second half of the season, I think he can rival that easily. What's your take on uh, Kenneth Walker, Mike? Well, I'm doing some quick math here. So just give me one second. We're all about quick math. All right. So here's what Rashad Penny did last year. He ran for 749 yards, six touchdowns. He averaged 6.3 yards per carry, which is pretty damn impressive. Rashad Penny over his career averages 5.6 yards per carry. Um, Hats off to you, Rashad Penny. That is damn good. 2020 season was a bit of a clunker. He only appeared in three games. We know that. Um, So between Alex Collins, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson was their fourth leading rusher on the season. DJ Dallas and Travis Homer, 1,141 yards left over. So I think this is very, very doable. I think that those numbers are spot on. I think he can do that. And I think Rashad Penny could still hit 1,000 yards on the season. The fact is you are going to have two very competent backs in Seattle because the quarterback situation is a little eh. So I'm all in on that ADP for sure. I think Kenneth Walker is a really good late-round dart throw, especially in redrafts this year, because we've seen Rashad Penny has not been able to stay healthy throughout his career. But I also think I kind of like Rashad Penny this year, too, if you need a late starting running back because people are just staying away from him. Yeah. And and that's kind of my thing, too. Like, when I have Kenneth Walker on my teams, I'm definitely not looking at relying on him anytime soon, even, probably even, like, six to seven games out even without this injury before i'm really starting to get concerned about my rookie running backs and what they're doing like i'm i want my rookie running backs to be achieving my fantasy success like midway through like that week eight to eight to 12 is when you want to start seeing them really start to give them the opportunity if they haven't by then like that's when i start to get concerned about their dynasty future and maybe try to get out absolutely I'm digging Kenneth Walker's ADP though. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get attached to a little bit. I wish you could make trades in Scott Fishbowl. Will Brian Robinson be the starter when he returns? He's said to miss four games. He's running back 44, just behind Kenneth Walker here, running back 41. He's only gonna have 116 carries, 487 yards, 200 yards less than that of Walker. Five touchdowns, one touchdown more. 
and he's going to have 13 receptions for 92 yards. Will Brian Robinson replace Antonio Gibson if he's back week five, as they as they feel he will be off this injury? I think a little of that is up to Gibson. I feel like Bauer's shaking his head yes. Yeah, I think a little bit of that is up to Gibson. He has four games to kind of show off, but at the same time, he also has those same four games to fumble it away, if you will. So... I mean, he his matchup in week one is excellent versus Jacksonville. So I'm looking for him to have 20-plus touches in that game. And then he has three more games to kind of show out. So I think all this really does is slow the Brian Robinson roll a bit. But I think, you know, maybe not week five, but shortly thereafter, he'll regain that spot. Yeah, I don't... I think like week five and a half, maybe. Maybe because he starts the, the fifth game. I but like that. Week I'm five still- and a half. You're pretty, you're pretty confident in Brian Robinson just walking right back into that role, right? Is like it wrong Brian. to try to buy low on the running back who was shot? No, it's not. This is a business. Because I want to. I think you should because you're not going to get an immediate return on your investment. And some people, they want what's in front of them right now. I think it's an absolutely great idea. Just like you should be buying Calvin Ridley. If you want Calvin Ridley shares, now is the time to do it. Um, but looking at Antonio Gibson's numbers, I just don't see anything here that gives me the confidence that he's going to be a long-term starting running back in the NFL. He was a wide receiver at Memphis, didn't play a whole lot. I think he had, what, 77 career touches at Memphis? Mm, yeah, yeah, it was very it was, low. So he was overdrafted. They tried to put a square peg in a round hole. Brian Robinson, to me, prototypes as an NFL running back, big bruiser, do everything, runs between tackles, good vision, good patience. He can catch the ball good enough. They have J.D. McKissick there to catch the ball. They had Jared Patterson. They let him go. I don't know if he was signed to their practice squad or not. But um, Brian Robinson, man, he fits in really good with what the commanders want to do. That is still really weird for me to say. It is, right? Just keep it the football. I was team. just getting used to what that's what I was going to say. I was just getting used to the Washington football team. Yeah, and they do this, but um, and and Gibson has played through injuries like two years in a row. A lot of them. He's he's yeah. taken a beating, banged up a lot. Fenero, do you feel the same about this for the most part? Yeah, no, absolutely. Man, so if he's back week five, ready to go by week six, this might be the easiest to achieve projections of them all that we've actually really mentioned. Oh, yeah. What's the average on that? I want to see what, what kind of average they're calling them for. One nine so yards per carry. Yeah. So it sounds about right for a guy his size. and, and They must be projecting Antonio Gibson to be the starter all year long, too. Or him yep. to not come back. Maybe maybe when they made these, they didn't know as much about the injury and the recovery timeline. But it does sound like he'll be back week five. All right. So we agree that between week five and a half and week seven, Brian Robertson earns the roll back. But what's the timeshare? I think it's... Tony Gibson uh, doesn't get erased. Like 60-40 once it's okay, his. Okay, that's high. Okay. And, you know, that's like his 60 and 40 for the rest of the team. But... Yeah, I think that he gets the bulk, and I think he, I think he keeps keeps the job. Is there anybody else that stood out between these prediction guys that you guys wanted to hit really quick before we get into the predictions for next week? The only one I wanted to hit real bad before, and I actually wanted to see what you guys thought because I, I kind of dig it. Was Brees Hall RB twenty? 241 attempts for 1,062 yards and six touchdowns, 35 catches for 255 yards and one touchdown. I really like that. I feel like that feels right to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish I had something in front of me to tell me what 
1,300 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns would look like last year, but RB20, mean, I mean, may, that might even seem low. The RB20 part. Yeah. But do the stats feel right, about right for you? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I could it, see him being anywhere from like RB20 up into the RB1s. I'm not a Michael Carter guy. I think that Brees Hall will eventually be the lead back on that team. Yeah, I think he already is. They're just... I agree. They're just coach speaking it. Yep. Toying with our emotions. That's I think I think it's 60-40 day one. Um, Mr. Bauer. The one that stands out to me is Wandale Robinson, I think, is just too high. Um, Ooh, I agree. On 646 yards, uh, 86 targets, and three touchdowns. I agree. Do the people at ESPN not watch the Giants play football? <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate to, to heap it on Giants fans out there, but that's third. That's uh, 30 percent of all the Giants touchdowns last season. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Saquon's coming back. That's crazy, right? Targets yeah. Sterling Shepard's back. You know about Tony Kenny Galladay. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It's the Maybe. 646 that screams at me. That, that seems really high. If it was 410 yards, yeah, for sure. And, yep. you know, obviously yep. less receptions. Like, if it was, like, 41 receptions, 415 yards, and two touchdowns, that would seem right. But 646 yards, rookie, that offense, that quarterback, new system, nah, um, I'm not in on that. Out. <laughs> out on it All i think it's that time we got to get we got to get to week one we're here oh, week so one exciting. the first predictions of the season this this will hopefully be a little bit easier than setting my lineups between tonight and tomorrow <laughs> you're in so many leagues dude bauer we we said you get to say where you're picking so we're going to snake this for the first time ever, I believe. <laughs> yes, I believe. Normally, we would just let you pick first, but because we're snaking, we want to know where you like to pick. I want to go third. Oh, he wants the back-to-back picks. I want the back-to-back. Third. Yeah, I don't blame you one bit. Well, then I'm going to go second, and Finero can go first. <laughs> Finero's right. like, what just happened? I was, no, nothing on this show sheet is like written for me to know when I pick next. So I'll just do my first pick and figure it out later. I got um, you. You're going first, and you're Finero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going first, and I'm Finero, correct? Um, I'm between two players here. Uh, I'm going running back. Historically, that's the way to go. Week one. So I'm going to go Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Yeah. I'm not too worried about Brees Hall falling out of the top 12 rookies. Um, but there's another rookie that could challenge him week one. And we heard him, Bauer. He wanted a, he was thinking about a running back week one. I'm going to be sure and take that guy. All the hype in the world <laughs> behind Damian Pierce. I'm going to put him on my team and see what he does week one with him and Rex Burkhead. Damian Pierce is mine. Bauer, how do you feel right now? Do you feel like you've been sniped? Has your guy fallen to you? Um, I was hoping Pierce would get to me, but that's okay. Um, you know, so just out of curiosity, when you do this game, do you do no quarterbacks just because of this class or is that overall you've never done quarterbacks never we've actually done quarterbacks. never done quarterbacks okay well it's, it's very valid this year yes <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so it's just kind of it is what it is right? last year might have been fun because of all the quarterbacks that were there but mike bauer is a big kenny pickett guy by the way i am um okay here's one for me i'm going to go with jalen tolbert mm. uh, michael gallup is not starting the season he's still in the pup 
So Jalen Tolbert has been running as the number two wide receiver with the Dallas Cowboys. Say what you want. Cowboys put up some yards out there or down there in Big D. Oh, that's just grossing. <laughs> that's what happens when you're playing from behind. I know that. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Um, my other one is going to be Chris Olave. Ooh, I like that one. I, I like the Tolbert one, okay? But but I, I like the Olave one a lot there. Listen, Chris Olave, people were treating him like a consolation prize out of Ohio State. Like, if that's your consolation prize, sign me up. Like, uh, same with Mechie. Well, you know, you're talking about buying a guy that got shot. Buy John Mechie right now if you can. I hope he gets well soon. It's all in on Mechie, but like Mechie, Olave, they got overshadowed by Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams. But Olave, Mechie, both fantastic wide receivers in their own right. If they were at a different school, they would have been just absolute bona fide studs. All right. I, I actually wrote somebody down and then I rethought this. And I'm taking Garrett Wilson, the guy that stroked Joe Flacco and told him that he was throwing those wide receiver friendly balls. Week one, Garrett Wilson with Joe Flacco is what I'm taking here, which I, I left you. Uh, I'm curious where you're going, Fanaro. But I'm I, taking Garrett Wilson on a pipe dream here with Joe Flacco. I have a lot of choices. Um, I'm going to avoid the temptation to go Drake London here. With That's uh, where I was going. With uh, I just don't want to start the season off with a with a goose egg, so um, I'm gonna go with. I think he plays. No, I, mean, I know I know what you're doing. I'm not even trying to bait yeah. you, but I think he plays. Take Drake London. If he doesn't, <laughs> it's your guy. <laughs> I'm still not doing it. I'm gonna go ahead and say the matchup is too juicy. He's gonna be on the field. How much is yet to be seen? But I'm gonna go Traylon Burks versus the Giants. Which is, let's just say, not very good. I so I'm going to go ahead and put Trey Lumberks in there. Man, that makes me wish I would have taken Kyle Phillips. <laughs> well, maybe Kyle Phillips will make it into the top 12 and Burks won't. And then there you go. That's week Kyle Phillips you. and Trey Lumberks every week. Damn it. <laughs> Interesting picks across the board. Um, question, uh, Mike, if you had 101 in this little uh, game we're playing, would you have gone Damian Pierce or Brees Hall? Just for this week? Yep. Week one. Because I was um, really torn on that one. I probably would have taken Damian Pierce. Yeah. Brees Hall was the guy that I was thinking of. I was going to pick one-on-one. And then I saw the Jets are playing the Ravens. Yep. So, um, it's not wonderful. backup quarterback. I know Flacco's been around. Veteran guy. Um, but you got a rookie with a backup quarterback against the Ravens defense. Damian Pierce, by the way, everyone calm down. Just chill. Yeah, I know, right? Like, come on. It's it's funny. I was talking about how full circle it's gone. I mean, we've been talking about Damian Pierce for well before the NFL draft, um, even quite a bit, and it just it just got more and more exciting to talk about Pierce. The draft capital was decent. The landing spot was great, and then the, just the hype just gets nuts. And now it, it's it makes like, more sense than Pacheco, though. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense than Pacheco. Swags, I was looking because you know this. I I own Pierce in just about every league I'm in, and I went back and looked at those teams and decided like I need to pick one or two of these to get rid of Damian Pierce like the value is just so high I have to pick yeah. one or two teams and the funny thing that that what wound up happening was running back depth is so freaking valuable week one it's just so valuable like I looked at these teams and there's a, there's two teams in particular one where I won last year and another one where I made some big moves to to, to make a run this year and in both cases I was like like in one case I have CEH I'm feeling not feeling really good about that I'm like I like having David Pierce on that team. You know, and in another team, it was the same deal. It was like, I have the running back depth. 
could get rid of Pierce, but he's very valuable to me. Like, you know, unless somebody's going to give me a 23 first, which people are saying they're doing right now, I'm not going to, I'm not shopping them really. Like these running backs have a lot of value. I think he's an RB2 this season. Yeah. Depending on my team, like if I'm a bad team, I'll take the 23 first instead yeah. of the Pierce. Give me like Bijan Robinson, Tank Biggs, oh, be one of those guys. Dude. You know what I mean? I think long term, they're just going to have more opportunity. I know that people always say that, uh, you know, talent over opportunity, but if you don't have the opportunity to showcase your talent, yeah. it doesn't really matter, does it? All right, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Brian Robinson, not Brian Robinson, James Robinson starting week one. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I'm curious how much he plays. Probably not that much week one, but he's playing. They said he's not going to be limited. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, let's go. I love I love these like uh, medical recoveries that we're seeing in the last like three to five years. It's just it's really cool to see. You guys, please do me a favor and go over to Dynasty Rewind. Like now. Subscribe to their channel on YouTube. Now. Download and subscribe their podcasts. Get their content. They are killing it. In any area they hit, follow at Rewind CEO on Twitter. Mike, I, I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything you want to. I want to thank you so much for being here of course. Thank you this for evening me. on Rookie Fever. Like you said, it's been way too freaking long. It has been. I lo- if you guys want, um, I would gladly come back during the pre-draft process, too, and talk some rookies. Uh, we Loved plan on yeah. We are already putting together our list of who we're going to start scouting and when. Uh, you know, we have the 2023 eligible guys. And our thought is, if they decide to go back for another year, we're already a year ahead. Like, I have uh, almost full scouting sheets on guys like Zach Charbonnet, Phil Jerkovic. Jerkovic, I don't know how to say his last name. And a couple other guys, too. So, check out the Dynasty Rewind. We do release podcasts three times a week. We made them shorter, more digestible. And um, it's Wednesday, Friday, and Monday they come out. If you would like to be part of what we call the best community in fantasy football, you could be a patron. Oh my God, I can't talk. You can become a patron, uh, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. But if you want to support us for free, go ahead and head on over to the Dynasty Rewind YouTube channel. Click subscribe, watch our videos, leave a like and a comment. That helps too um, because we're monetized on YouTube. So you watch, you comment, you view, you hit that like button. Makes us just as happy. I like it. Those little things that help the creators out, man. Just just go out and do that. It helps Can a lot. Can I just say one last thing? We're doing a lot of team audits on our YouTube channel. Those are closed for the season now. We got as many as we could done before the season started. But now it's your time to shine. Nice. There you go. I like it. Create your value. That's right. But if, you know, I like I said, DM me. I will try to get back to you as soon as I can, of course. Love it. Right after you put the cars on. Right after you put the tires on the car. Got to tighten those wheels up, man. <laughs> I, hey, look, I've been a mechanic for almost 20 years. I've never had a wheel fall off, and I don't intend on that ever happening. So very important that no one dies after I work on their car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds rel- relatively uh, important, yes. Just a little bit. <laughs> and, and your livelihood, and it's you're paying your bills. That too, and yeah. Hopefully someday... This will pay your bills, and you won't have to worry about that anymore. That would be. I did one time have a customer decline a repair. They had an oil leak on their exhaust, and uh, they declined the repair, and the car caught on fire on the way home. Oh wow! Was, oh, I'm like, what'd you do? My car caught on fire. I was like, dude, I put it on the lift, and I told you what it needed to have done, and you said no, thank you. So wow, sir. One more favor. Actually, I might have a few more favors on our way out here. Go follow at Arvark TV. Seriously. Seriously, though, Fenero is completely underfollowed. 
Fenero, you're really busy. That's probably part of it. And you are smart yeah. enough to stay off Twitter a little bit. <laughs> but when Fenero has something to say, you want to hear it. So go take care of that. At ArtVarkTV is the Feverish Fenero on Twitter. Um, five star review the show. Please. Go to DynastyNerds.com. Also put in code Fever. Save some money. 15%. Um, I, and a quick plug for myself, actually. I've been, uh, the last two weeks, I did Superflex Super Show with John Hogue, and we're doing some standard operating procedures. I'm actually going to probably be hanging with him for the entirety of the season, I believe. It was a great listen. Pretty I, excited I really about that. Uh, thank you. I didn't know if you knew. Yep, I sent you a screenshot that just told um, you I was listening. I apologize, I missed that. No. But yeah, good. so head on over to Superflex Super Show if you like hearing my voice here. I love hanging out with John Hogue. We're just kind of trying to tinker with your lineups at the beginning of the week each week, and I'm I'm um, ecstatic he asked me to join him. So go over to Superflex Super Show, check that out. But uh, but honestly, I usually don't do that. I feel weird now because I'd like to make it all about Mike Bauer on our way out. So do check them out. I, I watch you guys. I think you're killing it. I'm like um, in the shadows lurking, and now I feel kind of bad because I don't do all those things that we tell our listeners to do. Um, That's all we want. So I'll be better about that as well. We, 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 we are at Rookie Fever, and we are out. Rookie Fever. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moonlight of the night. I light up when you call my name, and you know I'm gonna treat you right. Rookie fever. When you kiss me, Such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting It's never done this stupid flow and run I told you anyone Size and speech just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, what's this break out? It's for rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he put his arms around her He said, Juliet, baby, you're my flame I'll give a fever when we kiss it, fever without blaming you. Fever, I'm a fire. Fever, yeah, I burn for soon. So who's got the fever? Cause I got the fever, now you got the fever. So she got the fever, and she got the fever. No, you're for the fever, so let's beat the fever. Thank God for the fever. Thank God for the fever. Fever, now you got the 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 f